Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Can we all stand as we read the scripture this morning in reverence to the Word of God? I'm going to read 11 verses. We're going to pray and I'm going to make a few comments. Are you guys ready for the Word? Praise God, I'm excited. Verse 1, when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there were no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had an opening, they let down the bed on which the para paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they questioned within themselves and said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we, have never, we, have, we never saw anything like this. Let's bow and pray. Father, I ask you today, God, that you would open our hearts, our minds, Lord, that we may hear what you have to say. Father God, you know every person here. You know every situation here. You know the discouragements sometimes that we face. You know what people are going through. But I ask you this morning, Father God, that you would speak, oh God, and that you would Clarify some things for us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And everybody say a big amen. amen. You may now take your seat. I love this story. How many like reading the Bible? I, I, just, I just love this story. You probably heard preachings of this story before. I preach a number of messages from this, this story. But I'd like to focus on this, this paralytic, this, 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 this man who was, who was paralyzed. Just the context of this verse, Jesus was in and out of Galilee, he would be in Galilee, he would perform miracles there, uh, and he would minister to people, and then he would go to Capernaum, and go to Galilee, and then he would go to Capernaum. And the Bible tells us here that he returned to Capernaum, and after many days, it was reported that he was at home. Now, we, we don't really know which home, whose home uh, that Jesus was in. Some scholars believe that he was in Peter's home, but people found out, a word got out that, that Jesus was in town, and, and he was at home. And the Bible says that many were, were gathered. Now, the gathering was not that big. It was about 50 to 60 people in this home. So it was packed. And, and, and I, love, I love this story because this, there, there were four guys that had a friend. It was a small group. They had a small group, and they had a friend who was paralyzed, who was uh, paralytic. And, you know, I was meditating upon this, and... I realized that there are different kinds of paralysis. 
we, we all know from this story, the man was paralyzed. He couldn't move. He was dependent on other people to go from point A to point B. He was, he lived, he can only move and he was dependent on his friends. Uh, he was, he was, he was, he was in this condition. The Bible doesn't tell us how many years he was in this condition, but he was pow powerless. He was incapable to act. Uh, he was, he was, uh, his paralysis was so real. Do you know anybody who's uh, paralyzed? And some of us probably have met somebody. And sometimes when you, need, when you meet somebody who's paralyzed, they're just, they're just there. They're just bedridden. They just couldn't move. Can you imagine the frustration of a man who's paralyzed? But did you know that there's another kind of paralysis? And I call it the spiritual paralysis. The spiritual paralysis is real as well. When I call spiritual paralysis, you can be, you want to go from point A to point B. You want to move, but you can't because you're paralyzed. Physically, you can move in a, in a sense, but there, there are individuals in the house where the promise of God is there, but they can't, they can't seem to enter the promise of God. And that's what I call spiritual paralysis. Now, there are some examples of spiritual paralysis in Scripture. Let me give you an example in 1 Samuel 13, verse 5 to 7. You don't have to look at that. But this was the time when the Israelites were about to fight the Philistines, only to find out that the enemy had 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen and troops, like the sand of the seashore. And when the men of Israel saw that they were in trouble, they hid themselves in caves and holes and paralyzed with fear. That is what I call spiritual paralysis. They were paralyzed with fear. Have you been in that place where you have been paralyzed with fear? You just can't move. You can't, you know, I, I know individuals. I've been there. I've been in a place where I, I was paralyzed because of fear. I'm reminded of, uh, how many here like watching Mr. Bean? I, lo I love, I love, you know, sometimes we would watch a movie. Mr. Bean either would just hit me. Why are we watching this movie? I love, the, I love Mr. Bean. I, feel, I really believe he's anointed, you know. And... Uh, there's a lot of messages. You know, the Lord would speak to me through Mr. Bean sometimes. Do you, do you guys remember the, the, the time, uh, sorry, Mr. Bean, when he was about to swim? He was in the dive, this diving, this diving, the springboard. And he went up there, you know, he went up there. And he was about to, he was about to dive. And then when he looked down, he goes, he would, he would be. And then every, there, there would be, there would be people waiting online. They were saying, what's happening to you? And then he would always, he, he would be, he would. What happened? He was paralyzed. And some of us are there. And many times, the promises of God is down there. We just have to jump. But we, we're, oh no, we have no money. Oh no, we, 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 just, we just can't jump. That's what I call spiritual paralysis. The 12 spies sent by Moses to spy out the land. They came back with a bad report. Basically concluding, concluded that the enemy was just too big to handle. And they saw themselves as grasshoppers in numbers. They were paralyzed with fear, which robbed them of their destiny. In this narrative that we're looking at, we find a mind paralyzed physically. But you know what? The Pharisees were also paralyzed. Because they had the scriptures. They had everything. They had the truth. They had the word. But they could not see Jesus. So what kind of paralysis did they have? They were paralysis because of analysis. 
How many know that the, the Pharisees analyzed too much? They had the, they, they studied. Now, you know, the, the Pharisees actually had a good reputation in the early days. They were the protectors of the truth. They were theologians. They knew how to handle scripture. So everyone who would preach, they would check the theology of, of individuals because they were the guarders of truth. But what happened was that they looked at the scripture, but when Jesus came, they could, could not see Jesus from the scripture. So they were overanalyzing. How many here sometimes you overanalyze? God speaks to you, go start a business, and then you analyze. You kind of compute, you kind of compute, you know. But how many know that when God speaks and God tells you to do something, it is normally supernatural? When God tells us to do certain things, certain tasks, to plant a church, how many know to plant a church is a supernatural thing? It is not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not human ability. It is really by the Spirit of God. So my question is this. What kind of paralysis are you facing today? Is it fear? Is it analysis or lack? Maybe, maybe, oh, I don't have enough. Or maybe you look at your own life, oh, I don't have the giftings. Maybe God can't use me. Or this could be so real. It could be the paralysis of anger and bitterness. Maybe some of you that are here today, different, a church hurt me. Or a leader hurt me. And sometimes we, we go from place to place, you know. You know, I, I was thinking about it. I've been in this church for, in ministry for every nation for about 35 years. And you're going to ask me, Pastor, you've never been hurt? Oh, gosh, I've been hurt so many times. Now, to go to, to a church and not be hurt, that, that church does not exist. You'll come, if you're first time here, let me tell you, you'll get hurt here. You know why? Because... Because many times when God speaks, it comes against our selfishness. So to be hurt in the church, that's part of family. Now, how many here, we're all part of the family, right? Family of something, family, you know. We get hurt in family, right? But it doesn't change the fact that we're brothers and sisters. And some of us were paralyzed. We couldn't, we couldn't move. We couldn't be used of God. Oh, because I'm hurt. Oh, I'm just, just. Oh, what I'll do, I'll just watch the live stream or a, or a podcast. You know, you hear a term of people say, you know, I, I love God, but I hate His people. I can't stand Christians. But you know, if you look at biblically, you look at scripturally, you'll find that the, the more you love God, the more you love people as well. You can't separate the two. So if you're here today and you're in this space of paralysis, God wants to heal you. And I believe that God wants to break through. That's why I believe that breakthrough is the word for us today. So we have this four guys, calls their paralytic friend. There's no, there's no name. We can call him Elmore. <laughs> so let's just say... Elmore, they call said, hey, Elmore, we've heard of this Jesus who just goes around Galilee and is now in his home in Capernaum. Why don't we go to his house? So I don't know how they got their paralytic friend. There were no cars. There were no 
vans. I don't know how they got him. I don't know how they took him, but they probably carried him. They, they were so desperate of taking this friend. So they take their friend. They went to church, to this house, this house church, knocked on the door. And the usher said, sorry, we're full. But the four guys couldn't make no for an answer. So they went to the window. They went to the side of the window. Knock, 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 knock. Sorry, you guys won't fit here. And so the four guys, I don't know who was the leader of that small group. But the leader of the small group said, I have an idea. Let's go to the roof. Now, maybe the, the three other guys were saying, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's that's, that's just sanctified imagination, you know. In this small group, they were probably arguing, how, how do we do? Who's going to pay? Oh, we'll pay, you know, my allowance, you know, my business. I have, you know, we'll pay for, for this. We're going to mess up the roof. We're going to, we'll pay for it. Now, the paralytic was hearing this conversation. Well, 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 what are you doing? Well, well, what, what are you trying to do? And so somehow, you know, they got there. They brought him up. Just that was it, you know. Oh, well, ancient, the Near East, the, the homes had stairs in the back to go to the roof. So. So they got there, and Jesus was teaching in that house. And all of a sudden, there was a commotion while he was a buck, 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 buck. And Jesus was kind of, hmm. And but Jesus knew everything, and he was probably teaching about faith. So Jesus was, you know, there were no PowerPoints. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a live illustration. And so Jesus was saying, oh, I can't wait for this. You know, I'm talking about faith, you know, and just waiting. And then boom, and all of a sudden, you know, dust and small debris just going down from the roof. And everyone's, whoosh, oh, they're all whispering. And then they, and then Jesus basically looked at them and just, be, 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 I love how Jesus began to, to see this and, and said something quite interesting. Remember the four guys, they were believing God for something, right? They were believing God for their friend to be able to walk. Right? That was our breakthrough. We, 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 we asked for a breakthrough. But when Jesus saw their faith, the Bible said Jesus saw their faith. He saw, guys, I see your faith. That's interesting because sometimes we profess we have faith, but we don't do anything. But the Bible says that Jesus saw something. He saw faith. And so when, 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 when the... When the paralytic was being, was being laid down. Wow, can you imagine that? He was being like, oh, 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 oh. He was being laid down there. And Jesus saw the man. And the first thing he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, the four guys were probably saying, no, no, Jesus, wrong, wrong. Uh, no, 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 Jesus, that's not what we're praying for. We came to pray for he can walk. Not, yeah, forgiveness, yeah, but, but, but we want him to walk. You know, maybe the four guys, when Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven, the four guys goes, huh? You see, there are two kinds of breakthroughs. The first type of breakthrough is what I call the internal breakthrough. The breakthrough that happens inside of us. That was the first breakthrough that this man needed. Where God could touch that person's heart. Where God can, can, can touch the, the, the very need that he was crying out for. 
Did you know that every human being's cry is to be forgiven? They want to be accepted. They want to be loved. They want to be wanted. And so when Jesus looked at the guys, he said, son, your sins are forgiven because that was exactly what he needed. Maybe some of you need to hear that. Maybe you've been walking here and you never heard from God that tells you, son, I forgive you. And some of us, we've been beating ourselves because of all the mistakes we've done. And how many know that we all make mistakes? And many times the enemy has been lying to us and telling us, no, God can accept you, God. And sometimes you, you even come to church, but you feel like you can't break through because you feel like, God, do you really love me? I have something to tell you. He does love you. And the voice of God, if you can just hear his voice today, that tells you, son, daughter, I forgive you. That is the first breakthrough. But many times, the focus is not that breakthrough. The focus is the external breakthrough. Right? We go prayer meeting, and, and sometimes every prayer meeting, people, we have a wall for prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. They say, what are believing God for? I'm believing God for a wife. Okay, they say they put in a breakthrough. I'm believing God for a husband. I'm believing God for a car. I'm believing God for a visa as we go to the U.S. I mean, you know, there's, there's all, they're called external breakthroughs. How many, know that, how many are believing God for external breakthroughs? I'm believing God for external breakthrough. But don't stop there. The ultimate breakthrough is not, it's not so much what you receive. It's who you become to know. Did you know that we go through issues and obstacles in order for us to cry out to God? When you have a need, all through Scripture you find, when there's an issue or problem, God comes to deliver the individual or group of people because God wants to reveal Himself to people. Is it possible that God wants to reveal Himself to you even more? So you come out of whatever... Breakthrough, let's say you, you get an answer to prayer, but what really matters is what you learned about who God is. That really matters. I have a businessman friend who lost everything. About four years ago, five years ago, he lost about $2 million. That's about 100 million pesos right there. It was interesting. I was having a conversation with him, and at that particular time, he was saying, God, God, please help me. I'm, you know. He got into debt. He got into bad investment. He, had, he owed a lot of money. And he was praying and praying. And, he's, he, he, and then he had the revelation of giving. He started to give. He started, and the Lord turned around his business. And today, he's one of the most generous person that I know. And he was praying. Before I left for Guam, I had this conversation with him. And then he told, he told me, you know what? I was having this conversation with God. And God began to ask me, Son, would you want that your debts be paid just in an instant? Or are you happy that you, as, as a result of that debt, you began to know me even more and more? And then you know what he said? He said, Lord, I am so happy that I know you even more. There's nothing that can replace that. And he said, Lord, thank you that because of this circumstance, I began to know you as my dad. I began to know you as the one who provides for me. And then he said to me, you know, Joe, to me, that's the greatest breakthrough ever. 
Don't just stay asking for things. Ask, God, I want to know you. Because the more you know him, the fruits of this breakthrough, the external break, they're all fruits. He wants to give you. He wants to bless you. I, I believe so. But really, knowing him, that really matters. Are you still with me? And so, you, so later on, as we all know, after all of this, he, uh, the Pharisees were there. I, I, you know, I love the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they were, they were followers of Jesus. The disciple is the one who follows Jesus, right? The Pharisees were the, the, the negative followers. They followed Jesus, but every time they followed Jesus, it was trying to look for an error. You know, the, you know those type of people? They were looking. I don't know if you, do, you say it here in, 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 in Guam here, in this island, but in the Philippines, when we were when I was young, my sisters would always say, Hala. I would do something in the house and say, Hala. Halaka. Huh? Toka, toka. You know, every, anything you do, toka. So Jesus, everything he did, you know, everything he was, he was doing, it's a toka, toka. Because the Pharisees, they were, they were not following Jesus because they want to learn from him. They were following Jesus because they wanted to find error in Jesus. But the funny thing with Jesus, he knew what they were thinking. And then they, 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 were, they were thinking, who can forgive sins but God? Who is this guy who forgives? They had no idea that this Jesus had all the authority to forgive because he is indeed God. And he, Jesus was asking them, which is better? Is it, which is easier to say to the paralytic to walk or to say you're forgiven? Now, I was thinking about that, that question, which is easier? I think for me it is easier to say you're forgiven. You know why? Because there's no proof. It's inside. But can you imagine say, rise and walk? And then he doesn't walk. Oh, gosh, you know. You'll be accused, you're, you know. So it was easier to say you're forgiven. But yet, and then, and then, and then of course, the breakthrough comes. He looks at the paralytic. He say, I say to you, rise and pick up your bed and go home. He got his breakthrough. I really believe that God is going to allow breakthroughs to happen. But more than that, He wants us to have the ultimate breakthrough of being forgiven, of knowing Him. Now, I say close. Worship team, just stand by, not yet. There are two components for a breakthrough. The first component is what I call the community of faith. Notice that the breakthrough of this man came in the context of community. We want our breakthrough and sometimes we feel like, I, I want my breakthrough, but we're so isolated. God did not design Christianity to be walked alone. Bible tells us in Genesis that it is not good for man to be alone. That, that scripture talking about marriage and relationship but really, what he's, the principle applies that we're not designed to walk alone. His breakthrough came in the context of community. I love how Mark doesn't even mention the names of these four individuals. 
But you see, God is not, race, not, God is not raising superstars. He's raising up a team of people, a community of people so that they can reach the paralyzed outside. I love how the Franklin Graham is coming here in February. I believe that's an opportunity for us to reach out to the paralyzed outside. Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, Carry each other's burdens and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Ephesians 4.16 says, From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The man's breakthrough came in the context of community. Isolation is the worst strategy for our breakthrough. But people love isolation because they think it makes them feel good. They escape from pain. But let me tell you, if you are hurting, if you're going through difficult time, it's the best time to connect to community. And his breakthrough came in the context of community. You can run to a house where people can lift you up and pray for you. You know what? I stand here today. I wouldn't be standing here today without men who's held up my hand and said, Joe, don't run. I went through issues. There were dark times in my life, but I wouldn't be here without my friends. I believe that I, my life has changed because of Mark and Terry, just being here, just sitting with them. And I believe I'm, go I'm going to walk into the promises and destiny of God because of people that has helped me. And I appreciate Mark and Terry. The second component to breakthrough was the Christ who forgives. The community of faith. And number two, the Christ who forgives. The greatest need of humanity is to be forgiven by God. In Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all. Ever say all. All your sins and heals all your diseases. Now as I end, you probably heard this story before, but I, I love this story. The story of a father and a son who their relationship was, was strained. And this happened in Spain and Madrid. And his son's name is Paco. So he, he would wait for his son to, to, to come, but the son never, never came back. And so in desperation, the father uh, placed an ad in the newspaper that basically read, Dear Paco, all is forgiven. He, uh, meet you at the Hotel Montana Tuesday. I forgot the time, I think 6 p.m. So he, he, he posted that ad in the newspaper. So that day came, that Tuesday came, and guess what? When the father got there, there were hundreds of Pacos that showed up. Why? Because all of them wanted to be forgiven by somebody, by their fathers. Every human desire is to be wanted, to be forgiven. That's the breakthrough that God is looking for, a change of heart. So if you're here today and you're paralyzed in this place, God wants to heal you. God wants to lift you up and say, come, rise up. Pick, your, pick up your mat and go. You don't have to stay in anger. You don't have to stay in bitterness. You don't have to stay in fear. You don't have to stay in all of that. 
You don't have to stay in bondage because God says, I'm going to heal you. Life in the sun, happy anniversary. 27 years. The next years will be the best years of this house. 